And welcome to another episode of Conquest Chronicles, everybody. How's everyone doing? This is Matt here, along with Dina. And got quite a little bit to get to. It's BYU week, uh, first road game of the season. We'll go ahead, we'll talk about the BYU game. Also, we'll talk about a, uh, a USC wide receiver transferring, which was, uh, which was shocking to everybody, which was shocking news to everyone. So we'll we'll discuss that along with the resignation of Lynn Swan and where USC goes from here and what does it mean for USC athletics moving forward. Um, with that being said, let's go ahead and get to it. Dina, how are you doing today or this evening or whatever it is? Pretty good. What about you? I'm good. Um, you know it's a. A lot of a lot of uh, crazy stuff that happened, especially with the Stanford game. You know, with the Stanford game, how the way they won, USC is back in the top twenty-five. But um, but with a road test with BYU, interesting. But all in all, I'm doing I'm doing pretty good. I'm just tired. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's a hundred and one out here, and coach, and not coach, but your referee and powder puff. And you have girls who's playing more aggressive than really than boys half the time. They you you never know how competitive they get until you see them play. Until you really see them play. Really. They were competitive in Powder Buff, actually, believe it or not. And and the sophomores were just crazy athletic. They 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 had a lot of athleticism on their team and speed. So I never did Powder Puff. I coached it in high school. I coached it in high school, and we didn't win because the other coaches didn't run my plays right. I I installed the Wildcat, and they didn't. <laughs> so that's what I, I was. Finished. I just uh, finished watching the Houston and uh, Washington State game. How did that game go? I missed that. Washington State won. They won 31 to 24, I think. What was the score? I just turned it off. If they didn't cover, I would be mad. <sighs> for pick em. I need it for pick em. Yeah, 31 24. Uh, and Washington State was a uh, favorite by nine. Of course, that happened. So now I go 0 for 2 on Friday. <laughs> But speaking of that, uh, let's go ahead and let's get into it. USC make their first trip to uh, to Provo, Utah, and uh, and I want to say, and since 2004, I can't quite come to terms of how many years it's been. But the last time USC played at BYU was 2004, and um, now they, after a long wait of time. USC starts the beginning of a new of a renewed three game series with the uh, with the Cougars. BYU just coming off an overtime emotional victory over Tennessee in uh, in overtime at Neyland Stadium. Is it Neyland Stadium? Yeah. At, at Neyland Stadium against Tennessee. Um, USC on the other hand coming off a, a blowout victory against Stanford forty uh, forty five to twenty. A uh, very good win, which included two freshmen, Keaton Slovis, throwing for 377 and three touchdowns. 
wasn't sacked. I, I believe he wasn't sacked at all. Uh, he wasn't sacked at all, but all in all, good game. But this is the Trojans' first road game of the season. Uh, so, and, and it's going to be quite a test. It's going to be quite a test with the, with the game and at Salt Lake City. Um, how can I put this? There's a, 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 a raucous atmosphere at LaBelle Edwards Stadium in Provo, Utah. I mean, BYU is a very physical team. They, they are known to beat Power 5 teams. They are known to sneak up on Power 5 teams. So this could be a game where they could, uh, uh, they could keep this close. But Dina, what are your thoughts coming into this game? Yeah, their their defense looked impressive in that first um that first half against Utah. They kept it close for a while. They they did. They did. Um and especially especially with the quarterback they have in Zach Wilson, who we both watched and regardless, we made our jokes. Dina and I make college football jokes quite a little bit. And, you know, and I, I went on to say Zach Wilson through like Uncle Rico. Um, <laughs> probably wasn't the smartest thing for me to say, considering we do play BYU, but he was very careless with the ball and was just chucking it. But he, the thing with him is Zach Wilson has good mobility. He's very mobile. He, uh, he can escape and seeing what USC, seeing the issues that USC had against, uh, against um, George Reyna when Washington or when, when Fresno State came to the Coliseum, we could see a repeat of that with this defense. Yeah, that's, that's another scary thing, but yeah, he is, he does, uh, make some careless throws. He didn't have any interceptions against Tennessee. Uh, he had two against Utah. Um, but yeah, his, uh, he can make plays, that's for sure. That he can. Uh that that indeed he can. I think uh I think Zach Wilson is a is is a blue or blue is a is a key X factor here in this game. Um both of the quarterbacks are actually because I think it really depends on what Slovis does. It really depends on what he does and how he handles it. The thing with BYU is that they don't send a lot of pressure. They send three to five, uh, as, um, as it was said in the Q&A with the van, with Vanishing the Foe, uh, who is a SB Nation's, uh, BYU site. BYU, vanishing or Vanquishing? Vanquishing, excuse me. Vanquishing the Foe. Um, BYU don't, they don't blitz a lot. They don't, they don't send a lot of guys. They drop about five, you know, they drop about a lot of their guys in coverage. The thing with the U.S. or with BYU is that they have a lot of upperclassmen and a lot of their upperclassmen tend to be 24, 25 years old. Um, just a lot yeah, of older. Yeah, they're on mission guys. trips first. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're always on missions and that's the thing. These at BYU is a lot of guys go on missions and other players do. I mean, you see a lot of, uh, you see certain Polynesian players go on missions. You see other players such as, uh, who was it? Stanford's QB, who, who oh, they were. Tanner McKee. Tanner McKee is, is away on a mission, actually. So, he's one of the guys, you know, he's one of the guys that always go on, or he's one of the guys that go on missions. 
and they're gone for close to a year, two years. They're gone for a while. Yeah, matter of fact, years. matter of fact, Britain, uh, 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 what's it say? Britain McCovey, I believe, or or Britain, uh, 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 the uh, Utah's wide receiver. He went on a mission. The last game he played, or the last season he played, was when USC or was when Utah was at the Coliseum, and he didn't play for two seasons. And I mean, that happens. That ends up happening. USC had a player that went on um that went on a mission, but he's no longer. No, he did go on a. There was USC did have a player that go on a, that went on a mission, but I don't know if he returned and if he got kicked off the team. Because of a violation or something, but USC had a player that went on an LDS mission, and well, I thought it was recently, wasn't it? In this like last recruiting class, or the last I, two years. I want to say, I want to say, um, I want to say, one. It was recent, actually. I can picture what he looks like. I just let me see. Taylor Katoa. Yeah. Taylor Katoa, actually, he went, he's, he left for a two year mission. And you see that with a lot of players who get recruited from Utah is that, um, is that they, they tend to go on two year missions. So he should be back next year. He should, he'll be back next season, actually. So he will be back next season. Um, but one key factor, one key factor that that is out there and we won't know until game time until game time morning time maybe afternoon time Christian Rector is questionable for the game against BYU with an ankle injury with a uh, ankle injury so nobody knows what the deal is going to be with Christian Rector uh we just know that he is question. He's going to be questionable for this game. He's questionable with this game with an ankle injury. Clay Helton said it's minor, but it kept him out for most of the week. Um, that's what Clay Helton said. Uh, he he moved around. He said that he moved around a little better on Thursday, but it's going to be a game time decision. We'll see. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens going into that. But if he can't go. Expect uh, Connor Murphy, Caleb Trimbley, and Drake Jackson in that three-man rotation, and a lot of uh, a lot of Hunter Echols that game, this game too, to get some more rotation as well. Start um, Drake Jackson. <laughs> well, he already start. Drake Jackson already start. So it depends on what the uh, front is. So if USC is going base with a four-man front. Then you're gonna see Drake Jack. You see Drake Jackson and um, Rector in there at the same time. If they go with the normal three-four with the Predator back, which is with the uh, with the Predator back or with the what was the Predator position, which was played by by Nusu and uh, and Gustin, then you see Hunter Echoes in there. So it kind of depends on the front. Uh, so I I think you could see a lot of um. You see a lot of them mixing it up. Yeah. Which I think it depends. But Drake Jackson can play some outside linebacker too. If yeah, Cotton Murphy the... too got a sack last game, didn't he? Yeah, I believe he did get a sack. I believe he did get a sack. Yeah, I've been waiting to see what uh, he can do on the field. 
Also, also, Marquis Step is a game time decision as well. Wow. Um, What's wrong with him? I didn't hear that. A calf had a calf injury, and Chase Williams had a shoulder injury, so he's going to. uh, But he's expected to play on Saturday. Step is a game time decision, but USC tends to go with a two man rotation anyway. Right. So, I mean. That's where we're at with that. But um, what are some keys to tomorrow to to Saturday's game? As of recording time, it's tomorrow. But what are some yeah. keys? I think they need to rattle Zach Wilson. I, I saw in the Utah game when he when BYU was down, um, when the pressure was coming and things were getting um, dire, he would make poor decisions. So I think they need to rattle him, uh, put pressure on him. U.S. needs to score early and get up early so he has that sense of urgency and will hopefully make some mistakes and obviously contain him because he is a dual threat. Um, As for our side of the ball, um, I I think what we did against Stanford was very balanced. Um, you saw Slovis sling it, and then you saw Step and and um, Malapai run for some yardage too. So I think if they just did what their offensive plan was for Stanford, um, you know, don't don't fix some don't fix something, don't change something that's not that's not broken. So I think Slovis just needs to keep calm and do what he did against Stanford, and he'll be fine. Um, I I think. Keeping the same game plan as you did against Stanford. Whatever's working, go with it. You have a lot of dynamic playmakers. Um, you have a lot of dynamic playmakers, which can help Slovis. You know, it, it helps out Slovis as well, especially with a young freshman. They're gonna have to score early and often. You get, you have to take the crowd out of it. Mm-hmm. You must take the crowd out of it. So that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing. So that's what um that's what has to be done. That's what has to be done there. So take the crowd out of the game. Secondly, USC has to uh get BY they gotta they have to contain Zach Wilson. I'm sorry. You gotta contain Zach Wilson. You can't allow him to escape and to make plays. USC has always had issues with dual threat quarterbacks dating back to Vince Young. They have to contain him. Uh, they have to force Wilson to, they have to force Wilson to beat them with his arm. I, I'm right. sorry, but I do not have the confidence in Wilson that Wilson can beat USC with his arm. I, I just don't. How the way the secondary has played so far, I think they could get it's enough to get it done. Um Yeah, the, the secondary really stepped up in the second half. Um even like right before halftime. Elijah Griff Elijah Griffin had a huge game. Yes, he did. And I think he's gonna have to continue to have, he has to keep having a huge game. He has to keep this play up. He if he keeps this play up, then they'll be fine. If the secondary keep it up, then he'll be fine. Right, just keep keep this momentum that they have coming off against Stanford. Um, another thing, contain the run game too. That's I think that's a very mm-hmm. thing. They're gonna have to contain the run game. 
Uh, BYU is physical up front, though, and they go between the tackles. They don't go sideline to sideline like that. So it's like Stanford. They're kind, it's kind of like Stanford with their running game. And so far, USC has been good at containing that run. So far, they have. Yeah, they have actually. But they're going to have to do it this game. They can't let the BYU. Um, they cannot let the the BYU. How can I put it? They can't let the BYU offensive line push them around. And they got. And again, take the crowd out of it. The more you got to put, and you got to take BYU out of this. Because the what makes BYU dangerous, the more they hang around the game, the more they stay around the game, the more confidence teams get. And that happens. That's how upsets happen is right. when the team believes that, hey, we can beat these guys. They're not so much. And that's where the upset happens. And that's one thing we saw with USC last week that we hadn't seen in a long time. They actually put a team away. It, yep. I mean, USC did a good job putting – Putting a team, uh, putting a team away. They did a great job putting Stanford right. away. We thought that they couldn't do it against. Um, we thought they they couldn't do it against us uh, or against us against USC. How can I put it? Where was that? At? I I I feel like I think USC noticed that. They couldn't put Fresno State away. There we go. They couldn't right. put Fresno State away. And in the last game, they just they put Stanford away. Like, it, as you notice, they didn't let Stanford really back in the game. Now, Stanford missed two field goals for that to happen. Let's not forget about that. Stanford ended up missing two key field goals that probably would have put them up. That probably would have put them up by two. They missed two key field goals. Well, one was blocked. But they missed two key field goals, and that's where USC opened the floodgates. So that's um, I think that's where that's where it is. USC just has to put them away. If they flex their muscles like they're supposed to, there's to be no reason why USC don't win this game. But it's going to be rough because this is Keaton Slovis' first road game. True freshman, yes, he he threw for three seventy seven. Okay, I get that. Yes, he, he, you know, he, he had an outstanding game. He didn't look bad in the second half against Fresno State. But you're going on the road here. This is different. Things are different. It is different. Each week, we're going to sit there and we're going to say, can he do this? Can he do that? Two, this is also a dangerous game. I said this was a trap game. I think this is a, this has the makings of being a trap game. You're coming off the win against Stanford. Not only that, but now you got Utah the next week. You got Utah the you got Utah on Friday. All right. So the last thing you want to do is look forward to Utah. That's the dangerous thing. That is the biggest that's the most dangerous thing right now so that's where i see it but on uh dina what are your predictions for this game what 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 prediction do you have for this game um I think USC is going to rattle Zach Wilson. 
I think they're going to make him make mistakes. Um, and I think they're going to come away with uh, at least one interception. Um, score prediction. I don't know. It's hard to make a score prediction because it's an away game and I don't. I hadn't. I have. I don't really watch BYU a lot, so I don't know how physical they are. But I'm gonna say thirty-one twenty-one USC. I have it as a low-scoring game. I have it twenty-eight seventeen BYU. I think I think Keaton Slovis has a drop off a little bit. He has a drop off this game. I think this is where he drops off this game and where he struggles this game. I, I don't think he overly struggles, but I think being away is gonna is gonna be different. I think BYU is gonna change it up a little bit. They're gonna send some pressure on Slovis to make him uncomfortable to make sure he don't get those throws off. However. I think the talent of USC, I believe the talent of USC is going to be too much for BYU. I think the offense for USC is going to be too much for the BYU defense. How the way they move the ball quickly, how the way they line up quickly, how the way they move quickly, it's going to be too much for BYU. Um, Are they going to be able to move as much, with, especially with the elevation at uh, LaBelle Edwards Stadium? Probably not, but I think BYU's physicality is going to slow down the USC offense a little bit. However, I have USC winning 28-17. I've been saying it all week. I I think it's close. I think USC wins by two scores, but I think BYU also does enough on, on offense to give the Trojans' defense a little bit trouble. But this would not shock me if BYU pulls the upset. I would not be shocked by this because BYU is fully capable of doing it. And the thing with BYU is that the moment they keep it close, that's where it gets dangerous. And that is my biggest fear is that they will try to keep it. They will keep it close, especially with Zach Wilson and his mobility. I think that makes the difference there is his mobility. That's fair enough. So, but I have it 28-17 uh, USC victory, and then going going into Utah, I think the look ahead factor might be there. So that might be the thing. I think this is the game where the body blow effect plays in a part because it, it didn't look like it's going to play a part in the Stanford game. Stanford looked completely different last week. So I think this is the game where it gets physical, and that could play a. Uh, 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 um, a part in it. But speaking of this week, um, there was some news that happened this week. Uh, first things first, wide receiver Devin Williams has entered the transfer portal. I mean, he will be leaving USC. Uh, it, it's looking like he's going to leave USC. Um, don't know why he's leaving other than we can take the, just the wild guess of potentially playing time. He only played 10 snaps against uh, Stanford and only had one reception, which was for 11 yards. I don't think he played any in the Fresno State game. They said he didn't play 
in the Fresno State game. I thought he played a couple of snaps in, against Fresno State, but apparently he didn't. Um, and usually you don't see the bulk of the offense. You don't see a bulk of plays or anything. So rotation, the first two games are early. So I, I don't know if that played a factor, but I do know he will be entering the transfer portal. Uh, he's a sophomore. Uh, he, he committed to USC over Oregon. Whether that, uh, whether Oregon could play a, a part in him returning, I don't know. That's going to be interesting to see. But what are your thoughts on, on Devin Williams entering the transfer portal? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm almost 100% positive it's strictly about playing time. I mean, USC's stacked at wide receiver. Yes. Especially when, when Kyle Ford and Brew McCoy get healthy. Um, you know, and USC is just going to keep recruiting even more, even more res- receivers. So, um, he just he just was there at the wrong time. I mean, we only we already had Brown and uh, Amon Ross St. Brown and Michael Pittman Jr. and Tyler Vaughn and Vellis Jones and Munir, Munir McLean now is making a case for himself. So it, it was just too crowded. Well, he kind of just got lost in. In, in all the all the recruits. Well, it was crazy because he had a very good spring, and he had a very and he had an impressive fall camp, which was the surprising thing for me. Um, that was the surprising thing for me. So I thought he would see more rotation time, and when it turns out USC just stuck with their rotation. The first game they stuck with the rotation of Amon Ross, St. Brown, Bellis, uh, um, Michael Pittman, and Tyler Bond, and they went with the tight end a lot. Then, right. the last game uh, against Stanford, they rotated in Manure McLean and Drake London a lot, uh, stuck with the four wide set, and then threw in Devin Williams for one play for, for 10 snaps. And he, it's, not, it's not that he's talented, it's just. Or it's not that he's not talented. It's it's just there's, I don't know. There's just other guys that they like more. Yeah, and I think that's where it plays into. That's where it plays a factor there. And and we don't know. I mean, I'm sure something will come up on why he um on why he he's going to transfer or it may not. It's all speculation at this point. But and and who knows he may end up having a change of heart and come out of the transfer portal we've seen it happen before we've seen it to where players come out of the transfer portal it's like you know what i think i'm going to stick it out you know i think i think i'm going to stick this out and and see how this goes mhm you know, we've seen it happen before but i i don't expect it to happen i don't think it happens though I think I think whoever's going to get Devin Williams is getting a good player, and I think Williams potentially, if he would have stuck around, I think he could have seen more playing time. Now we don't know. Again, we don't know how that plays out, but I think whoever gets him, and I think he, whoever gets him, it'll it, he's going to fit in one way or another. Now, does he transfer to Oregon, which was his second choice? <laughs> That's a good question, but right now that's that's all unknown right now. Another person who has uh, left the USC football 
and athletic program is Lynn Swan. Yes, Lynn Swan has uh, left, uh, has resigned as athletic director on Monday, and which is wild because I think we I messaged Dina and Dina was just as shocked as I was. Because yeah, usually sometimes there's rumblings, uh, but there was I mean I didn't say any any rumors or, or rumblings about you know uh, Fult wanting to uh, let him go. So well, I, I mean, I, and I it says you know he resigned, but everyone knows I she think talked was, to him. I think there was speculation. I think there was speculation when Fult came in. There was speculation that she was going to let him go. And, and we all kind of speculated that. I think that, and I think that's where it was going. Um, it was too much negativity around the USC athletic program and with Lynn Swan. It, his name was, his name was in the, um, in the scandal, was in the academic scandal. Uh, he was a person of interest in the academic scandal, uh, despite him denying it, but he was, his name was mentioned quite a few times. But not only that, he was also meant. He was also mentioned in an LA Times article where uh, somebody <laughs> donated, I think, three hundred million to the to to USC, and apparently the guy was a longtime friend of of uh, Lynn Swan. Now I don't know if that means much, but with that with that all of that going on, I don't think that's really a good look. And I think Lynn Swan was like, you know what, I. Have to, maybe I should go, but I think Carol Folt spoke with them. Right. I think it was more of, "Hey, we want to get our own people in here, right. and you are not a part of those plans." I don't, and or maybe she told him, "I don't know if you're going to be a part of those plans moving forward." And we don't know that, you know, that could have been it. But I think Folt was was thinking as president, she was thinking, "You have to get the people." Who are not a good influence, and you know what? And I think for for Lynn Swan, it's the right thing. USC has to start cleaning housing. Folk has to get her own people in there. Now we hope it's nobody within the USC program already. Um, Dave Roberts, who will be the interim athletic director, he said he has no interest in becoming the full time athletic director. Um, I've seen somebody say Steve Lopes should be, should, you know, should get an interview. Right now, USC cannot hire anybody in-house. You can't interview anybody in-house. That will be the absolute wrong move. Right. So, yeah, they US, need to go out and get somebody. USC needs to get somebody with experience. A proven track record of rebuilding a program. Exactly. Is what they need. Well, and I I agree. That's that's exactly what they need. That this is exactly what should happen. And at this point, it's the right thing to do. It's the absolute right thing. It's the absolute right thing to do. I mean, it, honestly, I don't care if you go to Texas and you find somebody in Texas. But it can't be somebody in this within the program or with any USC connections. I'm sorry. Right. It can't. You can't because the thing with USC is that they're so they're so antsy to get somebody in this program 
or who who knows the program, who's like, oh, you know, they know what it is to be a tr- – you got to get away from that. USC has to. I mean, get somebody with a proven track record, as you said. Some Get someone with a proven track record and get somebody – who can turn this thing around and you know and really get things going because there's no reason why your athletics why your whole athletics is going downhill and it's not even that our athletics are going downhill we're still winning national championships in sports you mean yeah, water polo but, and track but but you have the, baseball, all the off- but baseball hasn't been what it's been True. Football is but they having, haven't been for a while, not just since Lynn Swan. Well, ever since they went to the college work to the to the NCAA tournament in um I believe in twenty fifteen, that was the last time USC really done anything. I believe it was twenty fifteen was the last time they went to the NCAA tournament. And then it's just been downhill ever since. And then for and then with with um the thing, the issue with football, football's going down. It, it was well, not going downhill, but football isn't in a great spot as many people believe, as many people would say, especially with the whole thing with Clay Helton. And then you have the issue, you have the problem with, um, with basketball. Women's basketball has not made the tournament in a long time. You know they're recruiting well. They're they're recruiting very well, but what do, what do they have the show for it? Basketball, men's basketball, recruiting well, all the talent, but Andy Enfield has not been the right fit. They right. they and this year it's a I feel it's a make or break year for USC basketball and for Andy Enfield because if this team struggles. After being a top five recruiting class, if this team don't make the NCAA tournament, Andy Enfield got to go, and you got to give somebody a chance, somebody like Jason Hart or somebody. But they, this athletic director, whoever he they bring in, he has to be a guy that is not associated with USC. I'm sorry. You can't get any more guys just because they know USC and they know people. You did it with you did it with Lynn Swan, who didn't have experience, didn't work. You had it with um, Pat, Pat Hayden, Hayden with Pat Hayden and J.K. McKay, didn't really work, didn't really turn out well. I mean, do you know since I think 1999 or 1993, a former player has been the athletic director at USC? Wow, and I think the one, the only one they got right, the only real one I felt they got right was Mike Garrett. Mike Garrett was what they got right, but Mike Garrett was also the ultimate downfall. As well, wasn't I'm not gonna say he was the ultimate downfall. I, that's very unfair for me to say he wasn't the ultimate downfall, but it brought in a lot of problems. Or there was a lot of problems there. Whether it was warrant or not, I don't think it was warrant for it or anything. But it, it, there was a lot of issues, and they had to let him go. But he, but but in all honesty, might I, I, they need somebody to shake up this athletic department 
this athletic program, and they need somebody with experience. Yeah, I agree. I I think enough is enough. I think it's enough is enough here with with that. USC has to get it. They got to get it down. Well, in 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 uh, in other college football news, let's make some some picks. Yes. You want to go Pac-12 first? Yeah, we'll go Pac-12. Okay. Well, Washington State and, and Houston just played, so we can't pick that game. We picked BYU and USC. How did we do last week? By by any means, I think we did pretty well. I I, I got Stanford wrong. I got the Stanford USC game wrong. Um, I picked. Who did we pick in Nebraska Colorado? I think I picked Colorado. I picked Nebraska. I might have picked Nebraska. Actually. You know what? I did pick Nebraska. And then I picked – we both picked Washington. Washington lost. Uh, we picked Who Oregon. Who did they play again? Cal. Oh, yeah. And UCLA lost again. Who did they play again? San Diego State. I picked San Diego State, didn't I? I think you you might have actually picked San Diego State, and I picked UCLA. Because I don't ever pick UCLA. <laughs> yeah. Well, this week nobody's really picking UCLA, but some some good games here. We have some good games here, actually. Um, let's start off with Colorado and Air Force. Both are or Colorado's two and zero coming off a coming off, I believe, an overtime win against Nebraska against a ranked Nebraska team. Air Force is one and zero. Uh, game is played at, at in Boulder at Folsom Field. Who do you have in that game? Um, I'll take Colorado. I have Colorado by two scores. I think, but Air Force runs the option, and knows that that's always difficult to defend. Stanford makes the trip to Orlando, Florida, to face UCF. This is UCF. Mm-hmm. I think this is the first time UCF is really playing a true Power 5 team uh, out of conference. I may be wrong on that one, though. But they're playing against Stanford. K.J. Costello comes back. They played Auburn, didn't they? Or was that only in a bowl game? That was a bowl game Mm. that they beat Auburn. That was in a bowl game. Um, But Central Florida, uh, 2-0. Uh, and looking to make it back to the uh, to a New Year Six game, New Year Six bowl game, I think they could do that. However, they they got to play Stanford. Uh, good uh, again, they get KJ Costello back. So, who do you have in this game? Do you think Stanford bounces back with KJ Costello, or do you think the the Golden Knights get them? Uh, no, I'm I'm taking UCF. I am gonna go with UCF. UCF is favored by nine. I think UCF win. I think UCF wins by three. But I wouldn't discount Stanford. I think Stanford. Stanford. I think this game could go either way. I'm gonna be honest with you. I think that believe it or not, people may not believe it, but I think this is a coin flip game. But I think UCF wins by three. Okay. UCF wins by three. Um, next game, game is at 1 p.m. Arizona State travels to East Lansing to face the 18th, 
eighth ranked uh, Michigan State Spartans. Um, Arizona State, I believe, I believe Arizona State beat Michigan State last year. Yes, Arizona State did beat Michigan State last year after uh, ASU hit a field goal at the end of regulation. Yeah. So, who do you have in this game? Do you think Jaden Daniels, the freshman, first road test of the season, uh, that which is a, I I sense is a theme here, first road test of the season. Do you think? No, they I don't think done? they pull it off. Brian Lewerke has been a lot better than he was last year, um, and it's only the second game or the third game of the season. So I'm going to take Michigan State, especially because it's at home too. Michigan State's favorite by fourteen point five. Um, I was not I was not impressed with with Arizona State against Sacramento State. They struggled in that game against Sac State. Uh, uh, a game I felt they could have put them away in Sac State. I lingered in that game. I think Michigan State beats them by by 17. Um, I, I, I'm not confident in ASU, how the way they looked the last two games. And I don't think they turn it on instantly against Michigan State, especially on the road. They beat they beat Sac State 19 to 7. I yeah, mean, and they were they were down for a while, weren't they? They no, they it it wasn't like it wasn't close at all. Actually, Arizona State led that whole game, but it just mm. it it was close though. It was like one of those games you thought Sac State could have won, could possibly win that game. Um, North Texas at Cal. Uh, game is played at Cal. Cal is favored by 14. Um, who do you... North Texas just got beat by SMU. Um, yeah. Mason Fine didn't really have a good game, and he's, you know, people are talking about him for the draft. Um, wait, where is it at? It's at, it's in Berkeley. I'm going to, I'll take... Mm, that's hard. I don't want to pick Berkeley. Just because I... No, I'm never really high on them. All right, I'll I'll take Cal just for the for the home game. I'm going Cal as well. Their secondary has been great, but I wouldn't be surprised if Cal suffers an emotional hangover from beating Washington at in Seattle. Yeah, uh, that was impressive. Yeah, that was impressive how the way they played them, but I don't think UW looked that great either. UW no, didn't think, really look that great. Yeah, I don't. I I agree. Um. Next game, we're skipping over Cal Poly and Oregon State. Skipping over that. Uh, Utah is going to beat Idaho State by a lot. <laughs> The game don't even have a line to it, so we're not even going to talk about that. Uh, Hawaii at, at Washington. Um, Washington is favored by 21 and a half. Game is at 430 on, um, Pac-12 Network. I got UW. This is, this is Hawaii. You know what? Hawaii might as well be in the Pac-12 because this is their third straight Pac-12 opponent. They Who played last week? They played Oregon State and beat Oregon State. Oh, yeah. Another mm-hmm. close one. They beat Arizona and Oregon State. 
That's a two for right there. So right now, Hawaii is two and zero in Pac-12 play. Who who did they start at quarterback last week? I you know what I didn't see actually. Me That's one we picked right me. though. We picked Hawaii for that one last week. I think we did pick Hawaii. Yeah, we did. I think we did. Oh no, I can tell you right now who started. It was McDo- It was a uh, Cole McDonald. Okay. Cole McDonald um, and went for, and went uh, through for four twenty one for four touchdowns and one pick and was sacked three times. I'm I'm still oh, that's hard. I want Hawaii to win, but I don't know if Washington's going to lose two weeks in a row at home. I think UW's going to be upset in this game, and they're going to take it out on Hawaii. I think Washington wins in a blowout. I think UW wins in a blowout. I don't. I don't think Hawaii pull. If Hawaii pulls off this win, then the pack. Then Larry Scott needs to send an official invitation to Hawaii. <laughs> if Hawaii wins this game, then that that's going to say a lot. It either says a lot about Hawaii or that says a lot about Washington. It could be both. Yeah, it could be both. <laughs> if, if if Hawaii beats Washington, USC is gonna, and I think USC could beat Washington. Well, hey, if Cal can beat Washington, we can beat Washington. Yeah, but Cal beat Washington last year, and we couldn't beat Cal. Yeah, but we're a different team than last year. Yeah, that's a good point. Are we? Are, are, are we? are we willing to say that two games in? Uh, yeah. I think the attitude <laughs> is different. The yeah. attitude is different. I, I'm not going to say we're a different team two games in, but the attitude is different because the narrative can change if they lose to BYU. That narrative could quickly change, but... Um, Oklahoma and UCLA... A uh, game is played at the Rose Bowl. Yeah, oh, we, didn't, you, we didn't have to pick this one. Yeah, Oklahoma. <laughs> well, I don't know. It, it, could this be the turning point game for UCLA? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Dina said it, y'all. This is not the turnaround point for for, for UCLA. <laughs> Unfortunately for her, for what. Oklahoma wins in a blow. Too much offense for Oklahoma. Hell yeah, blowout. And how the way that Oklahoma's defense looked like, and how the way, how the way, how the way UCLA looked the last two weeks, it has not gotten any better. Yeah, it's, under uh, Chip Kelly, which is shocking. <laughs> it's not really that shocking. <laughs> it's shocking to me because I literally thought he would actually do something. The game that it's going to be red at the Rose Bowl. Yeah. I'm sorry. That it is going to be pro Oklahoma at the Rose Bowl. It is going to be very pro Oklahoma at the Rose Bowl. And that's scary to think about it. If you think, if you really think about it, it's going to be, that's really scary. Um, last game we're going to pick because we're not picking Montana and Oregon. Um, Texas Tech and Arizona. Texas Tech is favored by two. The game is is in uh, is in Tucson. This yeah. game taking huh? Texas Tech. I like their quarterback. So I'm taking Texas Tech. I like Alan Bowman and Khalil Tate has not impressed. Khalil Tate has really not impressed. 
He has really not impressed me at all. Um, in all honesty, this game is going to be very high scoring. This is probably going to be arena football score. The over-under is 75. I'm shocked. Wow. We're going to get a basketball score here. But I think <laughs> Texas Tech wins. But we're, if this was like air raid Texas Tech, I don't think Texas Tech is an air is runs the air raid anymore, unfortunately. Matter of fact, let me look. Let me look at this. He just throw. Yeah, they're still an air raid team. Wait, no. Well, yeah. Actually, no. They're balanced. Actually, they're a little bit more balanced. Well, a second thought. I don't know. <laughs> Alan Bowman is 71 for 99 in two games. So, yeah. So that's 100 attempts. That's close to 100 attempts. And on that note, I think that should do it. That should do it for us, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at C Chronicles SBN. You can also follow me on Twitter at Matt A. Lowry. You can follow me at Always Compete. And make sure you listen to us on Spotify, Google Play, Apple iTunes, and uh, Megaphone. Um, this podcast will be up as of game week. So make sure you listen to it in the morning, and uh, we'll try to have it up a little bit earlier. We'll we'll try. You know, we like pushing the time. (laughs) But until then, uh, good night or whatever, and fight on, everybody. Fight on. Enjoy the game. If you're in Provo, enjoy the game.